Welcome to Socially Unacceptable, from f***ups to fame, the marketing podcast that celebrates the professional mishaps, mistakes and misjudgments while delivering valuable marketing and life lessons in the time it takes you to eat your lunch. Hi everybody, welcome back to Socially Acceptable with me, Chris Norton, and my co-host, Will Ockenden. How are you doing, Will? I'm good, thanks. And you got there eventually, didn't you, after the 10th take? Yeah, well, this show is about mistakes, so let's just go with it. We are the co-owners of Prohibition. We've been running Socially Acceptable for about eight months now. Uh, This week, we've hit 34,000 subscribers, so thanks very much for that, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, This show is all about marketing mistakes and what you can learn and take away from that. And because we like to celebrate marketing mistakes, there's a load in here from what went wrong in 2023, because we're looking forward to 2024 and beyond. So this week is all about social media trends. It's our most popular event. Um, we just held a webinar last week, and we got more than 200 marketers on it. We've got, two, uh, we've got two more events coming up as well. But today is a special peek behind the curtain, so you can see what we're covering. What do you That's, think, Will? That, I, well, I, I don't like the term peek behind the curtain. But That's we'll, because your peeking behind the curtain is very different to most other people. We, we'll, we'll go with it. And I think the value here for, for listeners is it's, it's really going to give you food for thought in terms of what essential kind of developments in the world of social media are coming up. And, you know, these are developments that are going to potentially supercharge your marketing, supercharge your lead gen. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's going to be a real, uh, real uh, abundance of value in this session today, I think. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen to me and Will talking because we've got no guests. So we're, we're going to have to bring the banter. Will we're going to have to be entertaining mm. and interesting, which let's face it, you're going to struggle with. Um, so what we're going to cover this week is um, what happened in 2023. Brands that have got it absolutely 100% right, and we, you know, we think should be celebrated. But more entertainingly, brands that got it wrong because um, we always like to look at who got it wrong. Um, and then we're going to look at 2024 social media trends. Will's going to discuss some of the things that we've spotted at Prohibition for our clients um, and also looking at the wider reports in the industry, what's coming up and what is interesting. I and mean, we make predictions. Um, we don't always get them right. Will says every year that we're going to get 100% right. What do you think this year, Will? What percent are you going to get About right? 90%, I'd say. 90%. 90%. So, well, you can, I'm going to let you guys be the judges of how accurate that is. We've been doing this for eight years. So let's see. Let, let's, let's go through what we predicted last year. And the final point actually worth mentioning is we're going to talk about how marketers can actually put these trends into action because that's feedback we get a lot, isn't it? You know, yeah. people, people are kind of super enthused after hearing about all these great developments and then they go back to the day job and it's like, how on earth do we roll these out and yeah. implement them? So we're going to be talking about how to do that. So as a bit of a starting point, Chris, why should people care about this? Why should we care about trends? Well, um, that's a very good question, Will. Uh, trends are important because they give you a competitive edge. Um, you can, you've got the ability to engage with niche audiences. You can position your brand as bleeding edge and innovative if you're on top of what is coming out. And also, finally, you get more for less from your marketing budget. So you, less spend, you can get more from it if you, if you use some emerging trends. So that's what today's show is all about. So talking about getting more from less, you've got to be, you have to be careful. Always be clear about why you are doing something in terms of social media. A lot of people out there just go out and go, oh, we want to be on this, this platform because it's the new emerging platform. Let's just take a step back before you do that. Ask yourself, are my audience on this platform? Is this platform going to stay around? For instance, who remembers these three um, Hollywood babies? Vine. Do you remember that, Will? I do, briefly. Six-second videos. Vine was brilliant, actually. That was the 
Vine sort of created short form video in my. Mm. It was it was it sort of came out, boomed everywhere, and then just seemed to die a death. It did. What happened to it? Why did it die out? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. I think ticked. I swear down. One of the other platforms bought it. Um, but it was a six sec. For those of you that don't know, it was a six second video platform, very much about short, short, punchy videos. Sounds familiar, I suppose, with today's uh, technology. Similarly, another one that you might you might remember or you might not, depending on your age, Meerkat, which was Twitter's live video, is a, a thing um, that shared live video, and obviously now you can do that from Twitter anyway. You can do Twitter live. So Meerkat just again died a death. But there was a there was a, a famous um, live that was a puddle that was on, online for 24 hours i remember that hashtag puddle watch didn't yeah. you get millions of viewers tuning in at one yeah, point yeah i remember wasn't I remember, that during the um it's very weird was that during the if you the watch pandemic that, or well, something yeah no it wasn't during that, the, it was before that, pandemic that was, was that another puddle quite there was another puddle i wasn't think, there, you, during I think the, you've got a different subscription to me i right. don't just watch different puddles um and then finally one that was really big the most recent of the three um, that everybody said was going to be massive and you know we saw agencies jumping on it, it was clubhouse so Clubhouse was like a, um, a an audio party that you could online, um, and basically it was a, an app that you could download, and, and people were meeting in there and hold, hosting events, and you could. It was kind of like a, an audio Twitter, um, and then unfortunately Twitter then copycatted it with Spaces, allegedly close brackets, um, and um, Twitter Spaces came out, and obviously Clubhouse is now mm-hmm. you don't really hear that much about it. So my point is, there's, there's always a new platform coming out. You're always looking for what you can do to, to target your customers, but don't just jump necessarily all guns blazing into the latest platform because sometimes they just don't yeah. stand the test of time. And, and, and you can just waste so much time. I mean, you think of the commitment, the time commitment alone to to go all in on a new channel or a new innovation. The reality is some of these emerging platforms just aren't going to last, are they? So, yeah. As Chris said, be guided by the data and, and look at what your audience are doing. And if they are on one of these platforms, go for it. If they're not, maybe hold a, you know hold on a bit. So then, Will, as I said, pre- always predicts that we're between 90 and 100% that we're going to get right. Let's just take a hilarious look at what we did predict last year. So last year we predicted, and let's see if you remember these, Will, mm-hmm. multi-century social. So... Why don't you explain that for people that don't know what that is? Well, um, multi-sensory social. So you'd put VR headsets on, you'd get smells in um, uh, stunt environments, very experiential um, events and stunts that you might see in a train station or something like that. We felt that that was really on the rise in 2022. And to be fair, I think that is still going. Um, Social media stunts that are all sensory, sensory, sorry, um, do seem to be popular. So I'd say that's a... Can we, oh, can we edit this in, guys? Can we have a ding on these? I'd say that's, yeah, it's 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 not yet tipped into the mainstream, has it? But we'll, we'll, we'll say we got that one right, I think. And then the second prediction we said for 2023 was a new social safety standard. So that was basically that more regulation and the platforms themselves and the government would lock down safety because a lot of social media is, some of the social media is bad. You know, the fact that teenage, I've got teenagers and the fact that teenagers can see suicidal content and things like that is terrible. And they, they can still see that stuff. Um, but the, the, I've, I've seen a lot of legislation in 2023 that did come out. Instagram are claiming that they've launched a, a load of new um, safety tools for, for, for youngsters and things like that. It's still not perfect, though, is it? It's not. I mean, the danger is a number of social networks are just playing playing lip service to the safety standards, aren't they? I mean, yeah. I, I saw recently um, TikTok has banned a negative body image trend called Leggings Leg on their platform. That's made all of the news. 
and that's to be applauded. But how much of that is a smokescreen? You know, how how much else are they doing behind mm. the scenes? And it's really hard to know. And I think the point mm. is, every social network needs to do more. Yeah, they do. They do. Teenagers need to be protected. That's just one example of an area that that needs to be improved. Social social media regulation. So I'd say it has improved. So I think that might be a tick as yeah. well. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Insert noise. Uh, and the third prediction that we came up with was the move to a community mindset. And in that, we meant that social media was going to become more community-based on each platform. So, you know, Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, there was going to be much more of a community-led uh, social media. And I'd say I'd say that we've got that. I'd say that one is happening as well. We've seen a lot more um, community-based social media platforms. Mm. So I think we've got that right. The fourth one we predicted was the decline of Twitter and the continued takeover of TikTok. I mean, if I can get a... I mean, that we've absolutely nailed that yeah, one. Absolutely. To say we predicted that in January last year. I don't think we could have predicted the, the degree to which Twitter would decline and the drama no. we'd see on that platform. No. Actually, we're going to dig into that in a bit more detail in the deck. But yeah, um, that probably of all the social networks, that's been the most turbulent, hasn't it, over the yeah, last 12 months? Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the rise in augmented reality... So this one, I'm going to put a, not sure if it's risen, it's still where it was. I'm not sure augmented reality where, you know, use your mobile phone for things to pop out of adverts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. What do you think, Well, Yeah, I think there's a lot of hype around um, augmented reality kind of midway through the year, but consumers just aren't adopting to it in uh, in any kind of volumes, are they? And I think that's led a lot by the technology. Yeah. It's a bit like QR codes. You know, the when QR codes first emerged, they were really clunky. You had to have a special app to use them, yeah. and people just weren't using them. And then mm. suddenly, um, they kind of smoothed out the technology. The pandemic happened, and everybody uses them. And I yeah, think I mean, be- QR codes is interesting because I remember articles about the death of the QR code, and mm. it was it was all gone. It was old technology. Da, 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 da. Out comes pandemic, and all of a sudden, oh look, you can you can get a menu by clicking on a QR. Code. And then people were going, "What's a QR code?" I think the key thing it with had a QR comeback, yeah, I think it's the like key- vinyl, wasn't it? Um, I think with, um, I mean, I don't know about Android, but on iPhone devices, you only need to now open the camera to access a, a QR code. Previously, you had to download a specific app, mm. and it's so clunky and awkward mm. to do it. So anyway. Um, and then uh, a few more that we've done, we predicted that more um, sort of real social media, the Be Real platform, we felt that people were going to be sharing more real imagery, which I think has happened. I'd say mm-hmm. that's here. Thanks for listening to the show. We pack it full of information and tips and advice to give you something to take away to your desks. But this little ditty is to remind you that we do real-life events as well. We do webinars, don't we, Will? We do. We do them quarterly-themed. We do about 12 to 15 a year. Correct. They're aimed at senior marketers. They're very value-orientated, aren't they? So they're And they're free! They are free, which is great. They last about an hour, and they're on the, the issues of the day, really, aren't they? We always do a Trends one in January, which is really well subscribed yep. um, later this year for example we're doing one on ai we're doing one on link next generation linkedin use. podcasting super practical very very valuable in terms of the content we give they do sell out though don't they so yeah. we, we advertise those on our website visit prohibitionpr.co.uk and click on the events tab they're free you can sign up come along we'd love to have you on board because you know take your phone out your pocket and and join us on our webinar as well get to meet us that'd be great as i say they do sell out so sign up now <laughs> Yeah, and I think from a brand perspective, and this has been driven by TikTok to a degree, this kind of move towards authentic, candid content has definitely been happening, hasn't it? Yeah, People have definitely. been kind of rejecting 
this kind of over-polished ideal vision of, uh, of of social media that a yeah. lot of influencers push. Yeah, real versus uh, what is it? Um, what's that? What's that thing where they've got two things on in, on Instagram where it's something then reality? Oh, um, Instagram versus reality. Instagram yeah, versus it's, reality. It's like yeah. that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Um, then we've got sustainability. Content is king. I'd say yes. Sustainable content did is happening and is a thing. Then we've got content creator era. We nailed that one. I think that's mm-hmm. a big, big tick. Um, platforms like LinkedIn are really focusing on content creators. Um, you can see that on TikTok as well. They've really gone in with um, giving content creators uh, money back for creating content. As I've, you know, YouTube have been doing it for years, but yeah, that's that's really, really, definitely happening. Um, we also predicted native scheduling across all platforms. So, in other words, predict um, scheduling content from a, the platforms natively rather than using tools would be better. I think that's fairly true. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, you've seen kind of big developments in LinkedIn, for example, when it comes to native scheduling in yeah, the last year. They want you on the platform. They don't yeah. want you using the, yeah. the buffers and the other platforms of this world. Um, and then the final one we predicted that was that we weren't sure, but we said was in is coming is the metaverse. Meta didn't change its name for no reason, but still, it still feels like it's it's like that rainbow in the distance that you can never quite get to, isn't it? The metaverse. So what do you reckon? $10 billion down? More than that? I mean, the investment is mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, crazy. There's and, and a for, lot of people working on the metaverse. And and for what? You know, it's, <laughs> there's been no kind of consumer, no significant consumer-facing proposition, has there, so far? No. So what else happened in 2023, then? Well, we had the rise of um, social commerce. So for those of you that don't know what social commerce is, that's using the power of social, social interactions, recommendations, and user-generated content. Um, social commerce drives sales and more engaging and inclusive shopping experience. So for instance, it's like when you're on Instagram and you see something and you want to buy it, you can click it and go through it. That is social commerce. And just to look at the stats on this, the global social commerce market is expected, well, was expected to rise in 2023 to $1.3 trillion, up from $894 billion in 2022. So that's a, a growth rate of 46%. By 2026, it's predicted that the market's going to reach $3 trillion. That's almost as much as Elon Musk's annual uh, bonus for Tesla, isn't it? <laughs> Which he's got to give back. Will you stop swagging Elon Musk off? We want him on the show. He's going to come Oh, yeah, on. sorry, Elon. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and their top social commerce platforms were Facebook at $262 billion. Instagram was then second place with 97 billion, so less than half of that. So Facebook's still the number one platform for social I social find, transactions. I find that surprising. Well, I mean, I suppose it's got the scale, hasn't it? I yeah. think we're going to see TikTok really emerging as a as a key social commerce platform. Yeah, aren't the we? TikTok shop mm, is that in the is that in the list? In yeah, the... yeah. TikTok is actually um, third, so that's right. a, it's again half again. So in, even though it's in third place, it's half again of second place at 43.8 billion dollars. Then Pinterest is $27.3 billion, and then YouTube uh, is $25 billion. But the point is, it is growing massively. So social commerce is the prediction, um, is is what's been happening this year in 2023. Will's kind of alluded to this, but we're going to talk a bit about Twitter. But Twitter has to come up in this bit, because this did happen in 2023. Twitter changed its name to X. Elon Musk decided to change it to X, and that has happened all the other things that he's done to the brand, and you, we, we, we dived into this in a great podcast with Neville Hobson, mm, didn't we? Mm. So if you haven't listened to the one with Neville Hobson, please go and listen to that, because it's fascinating. He, we dived right into Twitter. X, sorry. And what's happened is there's been an 8 million people drop, daily active users drop, 
um, since it's rebranded. So he's got something wrong, but I'll, I'll let um, Will cover that in a bit more detail later. Another thing that's happened is that TikTok has become the second most popular search engine. Remember that Google's the first most popular search engine, and it owns traditionally the second biggest search engine, which is YouTube. Well, TikTok has now taken that spot. So pe- people are now saying TikTok is a search engine. It's entertainment first, I know, but it is, it's now a search engine. And 40% of Generation Z um, are turning to TikTok or Instagram before performing a, a traditional Google search. That's the latest statistics. Um, it's still too early to say whether TikTok will eventually replace Google as the most popular search engine, but it's definitely on Google's radar now. Um, TikTok is becoming a more important source of news for uh, for in, informa- news and information for young people. My ch- my children included. They both get their news from TikTok. You know, it's it's quite worrying that the amount of misinformation that's on TikTok and the younger generation are getting their news from there. There's a lot news from this platform. There's a lot of misinformation. If you like, if you like discussing misinformation and the threat of misinformation for your brand, check out our podcast with Ant Cousins that we did a couple of weeks mm. ago because that that was our most popular podcast for um, for ages mm. and it was all about misinformation and controlling it. It was interesting that, wasn't it? It was interesting, and I think for brands um, might be wondering what does this mean for me when it comes to TikTok being so influential when it comes to search. I think two things. One is it's a really great way to see your brand in use and how your brand is talked about, isn't it? So if you do do a search for your brand, you can see in a really authentic way how people are talking about it, what they like, what they dislike. And the yeah. second piece is having that kind of understanding of what your brand presence is like on TikTok, whether that's a kind of a branded presence, if you like, or whether that's working with influencers. You need to start thinking about how your brand is represented on that channel. Yeah, and a lot of brands represent themselves in a much more entertaining way than any any other platform on TikTok. They have mm. a bit of fun on that platform. Mm. So that leads us to the third thing that we've noticed, um, which is a growth in creator-led brands. So creator-led brands um, are expected to generate $1.3 trillion in revenue by 2025. This represents a significant growth from the $8 billion that they generated in 2019. So there's a massive uplift in this. Creator-led brands thrive on trust authenticity, and direct engagement with their communities. These brands are a powerful force in the marketing world. The average engagement rate for a creator-led brand is 5% compared to the average engagement rate for a traditional brand of 2%. Um, We've got quite a few clients that we've been doing campaigns with. In in the um, webinar, we were showcasing our client C4 Mm. Energy, and we've done so much work with um, creators, including a number of athletes and yeah, absolutely. I mean, essentially, our approach with C4, which has been hugely successful, do do check them out. Um, uh, on uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to their channels. But essentially, the majority of our content is um, working with content creators who actually kind of tell the brand story through their own uh, their own unique perspectives, and it's it's a hugely effective way to engage um, and build the brand. Okay, so. I said I promised that we'd look at who got it right and who got it wrong. Well, let's take a look at who got it right initially. And the first example we've been using in our webinar, I don't know, I don't know if you saw this. Um, we can't obviously show this um, on the on the show because it's audio and vid- I know we're on YouTube, but um, it, it, this is a video campaign. It was it was launched by the Samaritans with uh, Norwich City Football Club, and it was um, to it was to celebrate, if that's a word. Mental um, World Mental Health Day, and the campaign was called "You Are Not Alone," and it was in collaboration with Nor- Norwich City Football Club. And it, the story, it basically, it's a video. If you haven't seen it, it's a video of two football fans, and they're sat next to each other at Norwich, 
and it, it it films two people. They're sat together, and it goes through the whole season basically. And they're sat next to each It's five minutes long. It's a really powerful mm. video because uh, one guy looks really really happy. He's jumping up and down, celebrating. Obviously, they're losing, winning, losing, winning. And this other one guy's really um, an, animated and talking. Um, the other guy's really quiet, but they, they shake hands and they hug on goals and things like that. And then right at the end, there's a there's a massive twist, and the guy that's really miserable turns you know look the, the guy that looks not miserable the guy that looks depressed comes back in and sits down and there's an empty seat next to him and it's the guy that looked really happy all the way through it was actually hiding the fact that he was suicidal so it was really really impactful what a campaign mm. what did, wasn't it well it was yeah it was brilliant i mean it shows the um it it shows how um essentially what's a video can then turn into a national news story you know, and they, they really kind of, um, they really understood that. Um, and the video was so powerful that the media picked up on it. It became a huge talking point on social media. And that's what the best campaign should do, isn't it? They should just work across different platforms. And it really became that kind of water cooler moment, didn't it? Yeah. We'll put the, in the show notes, we'll put the link to it. I'm sure you've probably seen it already, or a lot of you will have done. But yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, and the video has been viewed by over 55 million times. So an amazing campaign. Well done to the Samaritans and Norwich City Football Club. Okay, so another uh, great campaign, well, campaign, campaigns uh, that got it right was uh, the Barbenheimer effect. Um, so you can't have, unless you were hidden under a rock in 2023, you must, you can't have missed the Barbie film. Will just wouldn't stop talking about it in the office. He, he must have gone to see it 10 times. Big fan, big fan. Yeah, everything that he could have is pink. Um, and then obviously the Barbie, the Barbie show, the Barbie movie was really well, really well marketed. It was everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean... But the the beauty of this is the um, the respective PR teams. Yeah, and I they don't, took it, they I took, don't they know how to each other, didn't they, for a bit of fun? I yeah, think. and I, I don't. I mean, this. I'm not going to pretend. I think this was a kind of you know pre-launch. They won't have thought about this. No, it they, wasn't strategic. I no, think it just happened. Yeah, it and uh, but the, I think the lesson is they'd have seen how the two films were being talked about on social. Yeah, and they really lent into it. And actually, the the, the movies being juxtaposed together. Yeah. Um, became greater than the sum of their parts. And, you know, if yeah. if Oppenheimer and Barbie had just been going on their own individual routes promoting them, I bet they would have had not, you know, not a fraction of the uh, of the success that they did have. What I loved about this, though, is like, so basically Oppenheimer is obviously the story of the creation of the atom bomb and Barbie is the story of Barbie. Um, and is 6% of Oppenheimer's sales were due to Barbie's tickets being sold out. So can you imagine thinking, oh, yeah, let's go and see Barbie. And then you get there and go, oh, Barbie's full. Okay, we'll go and see Oppenheimer. So it's just a complete flip round of your your, your evenings turned. It's been flipped on its head there, mm. hasn't it? And then um, the reason why we're talking about this, we called it the Bar- Barbenheimer effect, is because we spotted something. Um, what was the site, Will? It was agency problems. Yeah, if anyone's interested in a really funny um, agency meme site, there's an Insta handle called Agency Problems, and they um, they jumped on 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 the memes. You know where there's a picture of Margot Robbie and there's a picture of um, Killian Murphy, and um, yeah, it's things like first round of client feedback, picture of Barbie, tenth round of feedback, picture of uh, Killian Murphy, and smoking um, a cigarette. Yeah, and um, it's just absolutely hilarious. And uh, yeah, and I think so many brands jumped on the memes, didn't they? And yeah. and, and that's what really just made it come alive. It's like the yin and yang effect. It was, yeah, it's brilliant. It, yeah. Um, the hi- the hype gave Barbie director Greta Gerwig a historic box office debut of 162 million dollars and contributed to the fourth highest growing weekend in U.S. cinema history. So it really did smash it. Mm. And then the the third and final campaign that got it right was the Heinz 
and absolute um, collaboration, which is brilliant. So I don't know if, if, you've, if you didn't see the Heinz um, absolute pasta sauce. First of all, I thought this was a because we do this every year. We do loads of April Fool's joke type promotions, PR stunts. That's what we do. We do PR stunts. I thought this is a PR stunt. And I think it started as a PR stunt, but it ended up in 50% more sales in pasta sauce. That is insane. What a great stunt. I mean, the branding looks great, doesn't it? Actually, vodka goes really well with certain foods. Um, years ago, I used to work with uh, Revolution Vodka Bars, and they did all sorts of kind of experimentation. Chocolate vodka, I remember that. Well, they did um, They did a vodka burger. They did a vodka chicken pizza. It's actually quite a good... They had um, like 100 flavours of vodka, wasn't yeah. it? It was insane. Yeah. Since the model Gigi Hadid uh, took a take on pen a la vodka and that went viral in 2020... An outpour of social users were wanting to try the dish. So the Heinz campaign went live um, out of home on ads all across London, featuring the hashtag Absolutely Heinz, which is on that was on the packet. Amazing. It looked, like Will says, it does look visually brilliant. Um, and they worked with a, a range of creators, including nano and micro-influencers. The campaign delivered high engagement and awareness with over 500 million impressions and sales of pasta sauces, as I said, increasing by 50%. That is phenomenal for what is essentially a great social media and PR stunt. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this, which a lot of brands do, and I think more more brands could do, they've um, they've tracked what's being what's kind of trending about their brand online, and they've obviously spotted something that people respond positively to, i.e., Gigi Hadid um, creating this recipe, and then they've turned it into a product. And I think more more brands should do that. It's brilliant. Okay, so we've covered what went well. Now let's get into the entertaining this stuff. This is the fuck-ups bit. Um, luckily not ours, um, other brands. I mean, we haven't got long enough for ours. Uh, okay, so Zara. Okay, sorry to the marketing team at Zara, but Zara get a lot of things right. They've had a few things where stuff's gone wrong, and this Zara campaign, if you didn't see it, so what it was was a, a campaign that they, they had a, um, various models stood up in a, a showcasing various products, and there was um, mannequins on the floor and in the in the shot with missing limbs, arms, feet. Which and it was filmed in their defence. It was filmed in um, in July, which was prior to any outbreaks of war in 2023. Uh, but the campaign came out, and obviously Israel and Palestine war happened. And it just as the news coverage was happening, the two didn't sit very well together. So it wasn't deliberate from Zara's perspective. But unfortunately, it just didn't land correctly um, on social media. Um, so the Spanish fashion brand was accused of being tone deaf um, following the launch of the latest campaign. Within a few days, Zara removed the campaign and it issued a statement clarifying that the photos were conceived in ju- July, as I said, prior to the current Israel-Palestine war. I mean, this is just a... I think this was probably a great campaign, but they just got the timing of it wrong. This is This is when you've got to really think about what you're putting out this is we advise a lot of clients on this, don't we? Because what works today might not work tomorrow. So if you've yeah, got a campaign I mean, in the bag, the, I, I mean it's it's a little bit like the MNS um, Palestinian uh, thing. Yeah, the MNS burning Christmas hats yeah. um, campaign, and this, in my view, underlines the importance of involving PR people um, when you launch a marketing campaign. You know, and, and the chances are this marketing campaign was led by marketing, um, but PR 
who typically have a pretty good handle on what's going on and they've got a pretty good barometer on on the current sort of state of public opinion, what's happening in the news agenda, they may have spotted this. So yeah. I think that really reiterates the importance of, of having that kind of lateral understanding about what's going on in the news agenda. And to say that it didn't land well is an understatement because media intelligence firm Karma reported a sharp decline in brand sentiment for Zara. Um, negative Negativity surged 76.4% while positivity dwindled to 4%. Mm. Um, prior to the incident, incident, they were uh, negativity was down to thir- uh, 13%. So basically, forward plan, as Will was just saying there, forward planning is good. It's not just up to marketing design. It's also get get your PR teams mm. involved and make 100%. sure you... Yeah, because Marks and Spencer was, was a good example as well of something that was just badly timed. Our second example that we've got here is... Nike and the Mary Earps saga. What did you think of this, Will? Well, um, a, bit, a bit odd, really, from, from Nike. I mean, when you talk about the the sales, they well, I'll, I'll let you explain it, but um, it was a bit of an own goal, excuse the pun, for Nike, nice, wasn't it? Nice, nice, like smooth. Yeah. Can, we have a, can we have a goal celebration in there? Anyway, um, Mary Earps, England goalkeeper for the, for the ladies, uh, ladies England goalkeeper, brilliant, sports personality of the year. Nike decided that her goalkeeping kit wasn't going to be produced. Um, this caused her to. Uh, this caused Mary to send uh, Bob basically post something on social media saying that she was hugely disappointed and it was a bit hurtful. Cue social media outcry. People saying why why can't we buy her kit? Nike backtracks and dis- uh, allegedly close brackets. Um, and then um, it, the Nike made the the kit available and it sold out like rapidly overnight. So. Yeah, you're right. A bit of an own goal. What do you think, Will? Where could they have, where could they have improved that? Well, I mean, this this transcends marketing and, and comms, doesn't it? I mean, it's an operational decision. I mean, I wonder why they didn't decide to produce the kit. And could, did they fail to see the, the kind of support that Mary had? You know, after she was one of the true heroes of the of of, of the um, tournament, wasn't she? She was, and she's she's not she's not scared, scared she's not scared to put her head above the parapet either. She provided a link to the to a petition on Change.org that started um, calling for Nikes uh, to release the goalkeeper shirt, and it got more than 150,000 signatories. Fair play to her for doing that. And then, and then the third, third and final one, this was this is quite a shocking one. So this is Bud, the story of Bud Light. So if you don't know about this, in April 2023, Dylan Mulvaney, who's transgender, promoted Bud Light on her social media platforms as part of a planned partnership. Her content received transphobic backlash from consumers and calls for Bud boycotts. So people were calling to to buy, boycott the brand, which is very strange. And th- this got a botched response from Bud, which was a, a vague statement from the CEO that failed to hit the mark and offer any support to Dylan at all. Uh, it alienated the LGBTQ community. Um, and so every so basically you had people boycotting the brand from both sides of the argument. Yeah, and this yeah. has resulted in a drop in revenue for Bud of 15%. That is the world's biggest beer. And it went from U, uh, the US's number one beer to second place. That is a bad day in the office. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine how they could have got it more wrong, isn't it? I mean, first of all, Working with a trans influencer, brilliant, particularly if you're a brand like Bud, which inevitably in the States has got an awful lot of kind of Trump-supporting right-wing yeah. drinkers, if yeah. you think of any drinks brand at all in the States. Mm. So great, they're being a bit more progressive. But then there's this total disconnect between what the marketing team are doing and the views of the chief exec. And this this kind of inability to, this, um, this refusal to back Dylan in any way with this mm. kind of vague 
um, cop-out statement was, uh, well, a complete clusterfuck, really. And it's and, and they've paid for it, haven't they? Don't pull any punches there, Will. That was great. So you've heard about um, what we've got right and wrong um, in, in, in the part one. We've um, we've heard about the kind of the, the other key developments and we've heard about some of those brands that got it so right and so wrong. Now, for our part two, um, we're going to talk about those key trends happening in 2024 that are going to help you stay competitive. So join us for our next episode in a week's time, and we are going to reveal what they are. Yeah, make sure you um, subscribe to Socially Unacceptable, and we will see you next week for part two. Thank you for listening to Socially Unacceptable. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Prohibition PR and Twitter at Socially UA. We would love to hear some of your career fuck-ups so we can share them on the show. For more information on the show, search Prohibition PR in your search engine and click on podcasts. Until next time, please keep pushing the boundaries and embracing the socially unacceptable. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the endless cycle of social media updates? Feeling like you're shouting into the abyss without any true engagement or impact? Imagine if your social media efforts could be streamlined, targeted and effective, where each post you make resonates with your core audience and builds your brand effortlessly. Introducing Social360, our comprehensive social media audit and strategy program designed to turn your online presence into a powerful, engaging and rewarding experience. With Social360, you'll learn how to craft impactful content, engage with your audience more authentically and see all real results in your engagement and reach. If you'd like to find out more about whether the Prohibition 360 is the right fit for your social media goals, then I invite you to use the link in the show notes to book a 30-minute strategy call with me. During that call, you and I will work on your social media strategy and objectives, and leaving it, you will have a custom recommendation for your social media strategy in 2024. So just click the link in the podcast, and I'll see you there.